Thanks for listening to Empower Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Allie Dutine. And I'm your co-host, Phil Stepp. We're here today with Scott Einsman. Um, he is the digital manager for the Archery Trade Association. You can see a lot of his work on archery360.com and bowhunting360.com. Um, he's a traditional archer. He shoots a compound bow. He also has competed and has um, uh, taught archery in the past. So he's got a wealth of knowledge. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're we're both really, really excited to have you here. And actually, Scott and I met in Duluth a couple years ago now. Um, that that whole get-together was a blast. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome that we've stayed connected and can now talk about archery. <laughs> so, so Scott, I, I got to ask, I know you're from Stamford, Connecticut. Have you been to the Dunmore Mifflin, Mifflin uh, office in Stamford, Connecticut? So funny story about that. Actually, my wife one of her first jobs was right in that same office building. Really? That's yeah. cool. Very so cool. that's from the office alley. If you haven't watched the office, <laughs> <laughs> she's like sitting here thinking, like, what is he talking about? I just rewatched that season on Netflix. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Allie, if you haven't watched it, you need to. I know. So. I'm kind of, <laughs> I live under a rock. I don't watch TV or Netflix. Yeah. I honestly, I don't have time. But that puts, but... that puts Stanford, Connecticut on the map. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Scranton. So well, anyways. Yeah. I've never been to Scranton. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are here obviously to talk a little bit about archery and can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start in archery? I know you you mentioned in when we were talking about, you know, getting you on the show that you made your own bow when you first started. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I've always had this like fascination with bows and arrows um ever since I was a little kid. Um and I even like when I was like in fourth grade you know, when we would study like Native Americans in school, I'd get all excited about archery then. And like, I'd like cut down a sapling and use some kite string to make a bow. And then um, as I got older, I, I kind of pursued it a little bit further. And then I got into making like actual like real bows. And that's actually what I took my bow hunter education course with was a long bow that I, I had made uh, myself from Hickory. But um before I started hunting, I actually I ended up buying like a an actual fiberglass and wood uh, recurve bow. Okay, and so you first st- started hunting with a recurve. Yep, yeah, I hunted my whole first season with a recurve bow, and the keyword there is hunted, not killed anything. <laughs> I think that's a key word for most people that hunt. I mean, it's very rare that you go out and have success your first time, let alone your first season. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a. Uh, it was, a, it was a blast, though. I mean, I had so much fun, you know, just like being 16, running through the woods, you know, trying to figure out where the deer were and stuff. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a total blast. Uh, but after that, I bought a compound bow the next year because my range at the time was like 15-yard max with the recurve bow. And I was I stuck to it religiously. There was like deer at 17 yards and 20 yards, and I wouldn't shoot at them. Um, in the next year, I ended up buying compound bow. It's a PSC Nova that um, I tried to put together myself and failed. So that was a that was a lesson. <laughs> so always go to an archery shop. Yep. Don't try and <laughs> set up a bow yourself. And then, um, yeah, from there, I, 
I actually started to get into competitive archery pretty seriously around the same time. And that's kind of like what has um, taken me in, you know, into the, the archery industry. That's awesome. So you, um, you got involved into the, the Junior Olympic Archery Development? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, JOAD is like a, it's a youth archery program that's kind of more competitive archery focused. Um, and so I shot an Olympic recurve uh, out of Hall's Arrow in Manchester, Connecticut. And it, it's kind of like a group archery lesson where you learn the basics, uh, you kind of do mock tournaments, you learn about scoring, things like that. And I kind of outgrew it after like three months or so. And then I started doing pretty much just private lessons uh, with my coach who just happened to be a five-time Olympian, absolute <laughs> legend of sport, wow. uh, Butch Johnson. I got so lucky having him as my coach. Um, and so I ended up, I went to, James Madison University for archery. I I didn't have a major there that I really liked or <laughs> anything like that. I just showed up with a bow and a smile. <laughs> That's great. Hey, go there for the extracurricular, you know. You can figure the school stuff out later. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and you basically created your career in, in something that you love, a passion of yours, and not everyone can say that, so that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I never wanted a real job, so I was always trying to figure out a way where I could do archery or bow hunting as a job, and I mean, I just kind of fell into outdoor writing and uh, media, so it, it all ended up working out. Yeah, um, so we had a few questions from um, people on Instagram. One was actually um, what your go-to setup is and why. Um, that kind of depends on the day. I have so many bows. How many bows do you have? Um, oh, shoot. I don't, I don't even want to count. Um, <laughs> so I have four compound bows right now and maybe eight or so traditional bows. That's not too bad. That's, that's borderline obsession, but you know, you're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I cycle, especially the traditional bows, um, because you get into like custom bow makers and different types of wood and stuff. And it's it kind of, you can kind of go a little crazy into that, uh, but so my go-to compound bow setup right now is a uh, PSE Beast. Um, it's a long draw compound bow. For those of you that don't know, I have a 32-inch draw length, so I'm pretty tall, and that bow just it just fits me so well. And every time I pick it up, I know it, the arrows are going where I want them to. And that bow has um, an Excel AccuTouch, which has three fixed pins, and then it's also a slider, so it's really versatile. Um, I mostly use those three fixed pins when I'm whitetail hunting, but I love shooting long distance with compounds, so I love uh, cranking that the dial down to 90 and you know launching arrows. Um, and I, I have a 15-inch stabilizer on there. This kind of helps me aim a little bit steadier. A Hamski. Um, Drop away rest. Uh, I kind of go back and forth between a back tension release or a hinge release and a thumb trigger. And then arrows. Right now I'm shooting gold tip pro hunters. And then my traditional bow setup is kind of something new this year. I have what's called an ILF bow, which is like a metal riser. 
kind of similar to what I shot um, in competitions with Olympic and bear bow archery, but it's kind of a shorter hunting bow setup and has a lot of adjustment, um, but there's still no sight. I have an arrow rest and a cushion plunger, and I do something called string walking with that where I can kind of turn my arrow into a sight. So it, it's a very accurate setup. It's not the most traditional, but it's, uh, it's extremely accurate. So those are basically your, your two go-to hunting bows. Yeah. If I was going to go hunting tomorrow, I would uh, grab those. Well, so th- I, I'm glad that you mentioned being tall and having a 32-inch draw. Um, that's something that, you know, it isn't uncommon in this country to be tall. Uh, you know, I, I'm 6'4", and I have a 31-and-a-half-inch draw, and I've always stuck to bare bows because, quite honestly, the other manufacturers out there don't fit me very well. Um, so it's good that you mentioned, you know, another, uh, another make that, uh, that would handle a 32 inch draw. Yeah, there's starting to be, uh, more and more options. And I guess one advice that piece of advice I would give to anyone with a longer draw length is just because a bow goes to your draw length doesn't mean it's like designed to be shot at, at that draw length. Sure. Um, I've, I've had bows that will go out to 32 but they don't feel great at 32 like they do at 28. Right. So those are usually the bows that have like those big draw length adjustments. Um, they kind of they kind of design it to be in that sweet spot for the average person. But you could stretch it out and make it work for you. But uh, there's some there's starting to be more and more options for long draw guys like that PSE Beast where it came out with a carbon bow that uh, goes out to 32 inches this year that I'm really interested in trying also yeah i'm gonna have to look into those because i am i am due for a new bow my compound is about 10 years old now um and i have i have a hard time getting rid of it because i've shot so many deer with it and it's got some sentimental value but uh it is time to move on if you if you saw me with it, you think you hunt with that (laughs) (laughs) no i mean even bows 10 years ago were great oh yeah absolutely absolutely what would your, I know you mentioned this on your uh, bow, bow hunting 360 live video you just did, but when it comes to choosing a bow, whether you're a tall, um, tall guy like both of you guys are, or someone who's like, I, I would use a short draw bow. What is your advice for someone who's first choosing a bow? Um, like I said, just go to like an actual archery shop, someone that specializes in archery and just, you know, dress appropriately for shooting um, you know, clothes that aren't too baggy and then, um, yeah, just shoot a bunch of different bows and see what feels best. And that's really, there's like, there's really no formula for what bow is going to work right for you, Mm -hmm. but you'll know it when you find it. Yeah. And I know you also mentioned, uh, you had a coach. Would you suggest for any average Joe to, I mean, I know for me, it was helpful knowing somebody who, you know, shot a bow that they could help me, but what what's your advice there yeah i mean uh i don't think like archery is just like any other sport like if you're going to go learn golf and you wanted to play golf you would take some lessons um you wouldn't try and figure it out on your own especially not if you want to go golfing pretty soon right so same thing with archery you you want to get with a good coach And it's going to shorten your learning curve. You're not going to develop any of the bad habits and you're going to stay interested in the sport longer. 
if you start that way. Well, I was going to say, you know, speaking of, of, of lessons and getting into it, um, when I think of that, I think more of traditional. So for myself, uh, over the last five years, I've gotten into a traditional archery because basically I got, I got um, to where I wanted more of a challenge than shooting them with a compound. Um, but I've never had a lesson, and I wish that I would have. And I know that if you came over, uh, you know, if you came over to my place where I shoot, and you saw me shoot, you'd probably pick out about ten different things that I'm probably doing wrong. Um, so as far as that type of shooting goes, um, traditional. What are some suggestions of how to get started, and maybe some bad habits to avoid? All right. So for a traditional bow, um, let me think. So some bad habits that are kind of like I see a lot are a release. Like when you let go of the string, your hand kind of flies away from your face as if you're waving the arrow goodbye. Um, I see a lot of people who don't come to full draw or have a consistent draw length. So as you're pulling back, you, if you're, you want to touch the, the corner of your mouth every time, sometimes you'll kind of pull past it. Sometimes you go uh, before it. Uh, Dropping your bow arm is another big one, um, as well as collapsing on the shot, which means when you release, uh, you're, you're losing tension as you release, so your hand is actually coming forward, and uh, same thing with your bow arm is kind of going in. Instead of you know, a good, strong shot, your hand would come straight back, and the bow would jump to the target. Uh, and then with the compound bow, probably the most common bad habit would be either some type of funky anchor point um, and then punching the release. <clears throat> you know, if you watch people at the brain shoot, you'll see some of them, their finger is really far away from the trigger and then they just slap it. Sure. And if you have any experience with firearms, you know, that doesn't usually work out very well. Yeah. It never works out well. <laughs> the so, and that's it's a surprise release is really important um, for all of archery, especially compound bows. Um, but it's it's actually really easy to do. So like if I were to give someone a lesson who's having that problem, I would have them draw back, and I would ha- just say just touch release. Don't don't actually release an arrow. Just touch your finger to the trigger, and then feel that tension start to build, and then. Once you kind of have a little tension on the trigger, start pulling with your elbow. Imagine a string tied to your elbow, and it's getting pulled back. And that's starting to engage your back muscles. And then as you're pulling, the bow's just going to go off. That's kind of more of what you're looking for. Uh, I think a lot of people set up their trigger releases a little bit too light. Um, But, yeah. That that's a extremely good tip. I've been shooting since I was fourteen. I'm thirty three, so nineteen years, and I've never had anyone tell me that. I've always squeezed the trigger like I would a rifle. Um, I've never thought about doing that way. Yeah, that definitely works. Sure, but it's definitely something I think a lot of us can think about. Yeah, there there's a specific releases set up for like um, for using your back muscles. What is that one called? Um, so you probably think of like a tension activated release yes, or a hinge yes. release. Yes. But um, really, all releases can be can be shot with your back. Right. Yeah, they all work basically the same. 
Gosh, I feel like a noob right now. I know. Well, <laughs> that's just the thing. You know, most of the people listening right now have either had little experience or maybe there's a ton of people with a lot of experience, but hardly any of us and hardly anybody I know have had any formal training uh, with, with archery. I've shot leagues in the past. Ali shoots leagues. You know, I shoot a recurve. I shoot a longbow. Um, I shoot a compound. I shoot a crossbow, but I've never taken a lesson. So it's really kind of a breath of fresh air to actually talk to somebody that's you know, had the amount of training that you've had. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's never, it's never too late to take a, a lesson. And I mean, you just find like USA archery has, um, coaching certifications. So, if, and there's different levels, level one would be the most basic. And I don't know what it goes up to, but four is about as high as you'll find. So if you find like a, a good coach in your area, or even if you have to drive an hour, it's definitely worth it to spend an hour with them. And where do you go to find that? Uh, go to the, the USA Archery website, um, and there's going to be there should be like a coach finder on there, and you should be able to find. Great. And just about every archery shop that has a range will have uh, a certified instructor attached to it. Well, that's cool. That's good to know. Were you um, a certified instructor as well? I yeah no I never I never went through the. Um, the certification process. I did a, like a level one and two combined course, um, but I, I just didn't keep up with my certification. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm rebel. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You uh, talk about a little bit of your competitive archery then as well. Where has that brought you? Um, competitive archery. I mean, so when I was in college, we traveled a good bit for, uh, competitions all over the country and then um personally when i was doing like the the USAT, which is like the usa archery team circuit um again traveling all over the country and as of right now i've competed in uh, indoor archery target archery uh, 3d archery that's about yeah that's it um with a compound bow, Olympic recurve, bare bow, a long bow, and a traditional recurve. So I've kind of gotten to enjoy just about every discipline out there. You've pretty much done it all. <laughs> Not everything, but... Close to it. Yeah. And, uh, there's so much, like, there's so many fun ways to enjoy archery. It's kind of hard to limit yourself to just one, one type of bow, one type of, uh, you know, competitive environment. There's, there's a lot of fun things to do. World Archery Field is my next thing that I definitely want to give a try to. That's that's good to hear you say that. You know, and um, this last season, I actually bought a crossbow, thinking um, that my whole life thinking that using a crossbow was super easy compared to using a, a recurve or a compound bow. Um, I don't know if you shot a, a, a crossbow much. Um, but I found out pretty quick that there's a lot of challenges to actually using a crossbow. They're heavy, they're bulky. Um, you, you know, you're up in a deer stand there. You can't shoot behind you because you, you know, the limbs get in the way of the tree and there's a lot of different challenges like that. What's your take on, on crossbow hunting? Have you done much of it or any at all? No, I, I, I've never owned a crossbow. Um, and I was kind of like you, my perception was that they were kind of heavy and clunky and. I didn't really see like um, a use for them as far as uh, hunting was concerned. But I will say that at the ETA show this year, I got a chance to shoot a bunch of different crossbows. 
And there are some of them now that are crazy light. Um, Gearhead Archery is one that stood out to me. They make an all-carbon crossbow that actually takes down, and you can fold it into a backpack. Oh, wow. It shoots, like, regular arrows, and it's quiet. It's so quiet. Um, so that kind of changed my perspective a little bit. I was like, oh, these are kind of interesting. But no, I, I haven't done much uh, with crossbows beside that, though. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering because I, I can see how it would be a, a way to introduce youth to archery hunting, you know, maybe out of a ground blind or something like that. But uh, definitely the, the way I went about it this year wasn't the best way. Yeah, it's always a learning experience anytime you pick up, you know, a new piece of equipment. So. so going back a little bit to your competitive archery, how do you think that helped you with your hunting? Yeah, you learn a lot um, when you start, you know, analyzing your your bow setups, like as much as you do for competition when you're just trying to squeak out a few different, you know, a few more points, you know, tweaking your setup just a little bit. Um, and then you can carry all that over. Like the compound bow that I talked about in the beginning, it's kind of like a hybrid target bow, hunting bow, where it has a pretty long stabilizer for a hunting bow has a sliding sight um, using a target style release, a longer axle axle bow. So it, you definitely you learn a lot about equipment setup and you also learn uh, how to shoot really well, which is absolutely critical for um, when you go bow hunting, as well as dealing with pressure. It's, tournament pressure is not the same as hunting pressure for me but it, it's similar enough that, uh, like, when, you're, you know, you're in a big match shooting for a gold medal and you take those few deep breaths to kind of settle your nerves, that carries right over into the tree stand. Sure. Definitely. So, so what have you harvested with your bow? Just uh, deer and turkeys. Um, yeah. I, I haven't done much traveling, you know, out west yet for, for hunting, but all that is definitely on the horizon for me. Well, you know a couple people in the Midwest here if you ever need any tips. <laughs> tips for Midwestern tips, hunting? Tips for where to go, not necessarily how to kill. But. <laughs> does your does your wife also hunt? No, she doesn't. No? Um, but she loves wild game meat, so she is very supportive of my hunting. <laughs> That's awesome. I know I've seen – I also follow you on Instagram, so I've seen a few of your posts about some of the food that you – you make with your wild game talk a little bit about that and kind of like that field to plate kind of thing i mean there, there's nothing like it um i've always had an interest in food uh, because um, my family's in the restaurant business so growing up we're, we're always going out to eat trying you know new and different things um so i had an interest in cooking for a long time but bow hunting really um increase my, my interest in, in cooking tenfold and really trying to use a whole animal, being creative about uh, different cooking techniques for uh, tackling some of those, like, especially the tougher cuts, like your front shoulder, your shanks, uh, the neck and the ribs. You know, I don't do hardly any ground anymore. I'm always trying to come up with, you know, different braising techniques, pressure cooking, um, uh, slow cooking, putting things in the smoker, stuff like that for those tougher cuts. I, I think it's such a fun challenge. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different options out there, especially if you do your own butchering. Like, 
Ali and I butcher our own deer. I'm sure you do too, just the way that you're talking. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of, um, Facebook and uh, Facebook groups out there too, that, that focus on that. So for everybody listening too, if you don't really know where to start, there's a lot of resources to, uh, you know, find recipes and cuts and things like that. Yeah. And there's so many, um, you know, beef and lamb and goat recipes that transfer right over to venison. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's a ton of other different kind of animals that you can hunt that, uh, that you can that you can cook up too. In fact, if I talked about some of the stuff I've tried, people might get a little freaked out. But there's a lot of different things you can do. Yeah, I just bow hunted some uh, bullfrogs, and I love hunting squirrels. <laughs> so I, I love squirrel. The the one thing that I want next is a I want to get a groundhog. There's a recipe, a pulled groundhog recipe, I've been wanting to try. But they're like few and far between around here. So. If you if you end up getting one when you're out, just uh, I'll pay for the shipping. Ship it on out here. <laughs> I need two adults. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to send me that recipe because uh, that's pretty interesting. I've never heard of a place that didn't have uh, groundhogs either. Well, we have them, but we have them, but we they are not like they are out east. I mean, Ali, when was the last time you saw a groundhog? I don't know. I don't know that I have. I mean, I I see honest. maybe one a year. One or two, maybe a year. Yeah, I think you got to get a little bit salty here. We're in a we're in a much different um, different uh, area than you would think of the traditional mess, uh, Midwest. We're you've been the, here, remember? Oh yeah, you've been here. Yeah. So there you go. But well, we don't come here in the winter time. Yeah, come here in the winter time, and you'll see why why Phil <laughs> Puxatoni Phil doesn't stick his head out until about June. <laughs> yeah, I actually did some hunting in the Driftless area uh, in Wisconsin in Buffalo County last year. And okay. It, it's definitely not your typical what you would think of for Midwest. It's yep. really cool out there. Yeah, and that's about uh, four and a half hours south of where we're at. Okay. So yeah. Um, we had one more question actually that came in from Instagram as well, and uh, this one is talking about comparing the traditional archery community with compound community. How would you compare the two? Because you're kind of in both, right? Yeah. Um I don't know. I think I think they're pretty much the same. I haven't really noticed a difference. I think if you're a bow hunter and you meet another bow hunter, it's like an instant friendship. <laughs> you know, you could be anywhere at at an airport or whatever. If someone you see has like a bow hunting brand shirt on, you you feel comfortable enough to just walk up and start talking to them and next thing you know, you'll be sharing uh trail cam pictures and you know, gripping grins from the past year. And yeah, so I, I think there really isn't much of a difference between trad guys and compound guys. Everyone's super friendly and welcoming. So I, I would definitely agree with that, that everybody's super friendly. Um, I would say uh, from my experience around here, it seems like everybody bow hunts now. Whereas when I started when I was 14, it was me and one other kid in school that bow hunted. And having a compound bow was somewhat of like having a traditional bow now. So I think that there is a little bit more um, the the traditional shooters around here are a little bit more exclusive, or I don't know if that's the right word, but there's a little bit more. There's a lot less of them to where, um, you know, it seems like you talk to everybody nowadays and they're a bow hunter. So that's what I've noticed. I think they're both nice and you could get along with everybody, but. 
I don't know what it's like out east or in the rest of the country. <laughs> but here, seriously, around here, it seems like everybody that used to rifle hunt, um, rifle hunts and bow hunts now. We're definitely a little bit small town here. Though. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. must be what it is. I don't For know. For sure. How is it out where you're from? I mean, is it pretty much everybody that, that rifle hunts, bow hunts as well? Um, in Virginia, bow hunting isn't, isn't as popular as gun hunting. It's a, especially my part of Virginia, um, in central Virginia here, uh, for gun season on private land, it's, it's a, it's a unique culture. People hunt deer with dogs, which was completely foreign to me when I moved here, but it's like this whole big event, um, where, you know, you have hounds that chase these deer. It's kind of like rabbit hunting with. Um, yeah, for deer. Yeah. So that's really, really popular. And for some reason, small game hunting like ducks and turkeys are more popular than big game hunting here. So I think I just live in a kind of like a unique hunting culture area. Sure. But you know, every area is going to have its, have its uh, popular thing. So, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I agree with you, Phil, on, on, everyone around here bow hunting because i feel like maybe that's maybe everybody i know <laughs> okay that's just everybody you know. well i mean if you think about everybody that you know that's our age i should say yeah. or around our age everybody that that rifle hunts just about all of them have a bow i can't think of one of my friends that doesn't have a bow yeah it's, <laughs> it's definitely an advantage to hunt both seasons i mean right. you get you know more tags longer season if you do both so all right so um where can can everyone find, you know, more information about bow hunting or archery that, that you produce? Sure. All, all my work is going to be on bowhunting360.com and archery360.com. Um, there's going to be articles and videos. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Awesome. And, and for a beginning archer, is this a great resource for that, you know, first-time archer or bow hunter? Yeah, so that's really what we specialize in is new archers and new bow hunters. We kind of, we take all those questions that you have when you're first getting into it, we answer those, and we answer it in a way that doesn't go over your head. You know, there's not going to be like any of these like big jargon terms that you're going to be like, what does that mean? You know, things like that. Um, So it's very approachable material, and I think it's a great resource for anyone that's interested in either. Yeah, and I I was reading a few of the articles and, and such, and you even break down the jargon and like what what a cam is and what a riser is and what a limb is. So I think that that's that would be super helpful. It would have been helpful for me to read that when I was first starting as well. So well, I think I probably still should read it. <laughs> <laughs> Judging yeah. by our conversation here, you know, there's probably a lot that anybody that's been bow hunting for a long time can learn. Yep. Is there anything that you guys? Um... Have been struggling with archery wise. Struggling with, uh, yeah. I have been struggling with. Um, well, every, when I was doing uh, archery leagues this year, I was hammering the my release, which okay. you were talking about. Um, I kind of I corrected that now. I have a new release, but it turns out one of the reasons why I was doing that was my release was really old and it was really sticky, so it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, releasing the way that I wanted it to for, for some reason. So I like greased it up and it worked better. So I don't, I don't know. I was hammering it for a good week or so. And that was my struggle. Um, maybe come babysit my kid for me a little bit. 
in the evening. You get to wake up really early. Well, I know. Actually, the biggest the biggest challenge for me right now is um, is finding time. But getting my bearing straight when I'm up in a in a tree stand with my traditional bow, um, I've I've uh, practiced standing on my roof before and shooting um, just to get used to that. But it seems like every time I go back to the ground, I I get back to my judging distance and you know the drop of the arrow on the ground versus up in, in the tree and with a compound bow i know that when you're sighting in anything whether it's a rifle or a bow and you have your sights you know you have the pin, rear pin and then you have the the front pin um the the base of the tree to your target is where the true distance is but with traditional archery what i found is that that true distance is skewed because you're shooting instinctively um, so that's one thing that I've that I've struggled with. I might be 16 feet up in a tree, and the deer looks like it's 25 yards away, where in reality it might be 18, and I shoot over it. That's happened to me actually. Do you a use a rangefinder? Um, well, I do have a rangefinder, but it's one of those ones that shows you the actual distance between um, where you're at in the tree and the target. Uh. Where the true distance would be the bottom of the tree to the target, because the only distance that matters is that horizontal distance so i don't know if you have any suggestions on how to cure that i'd be all ears um well there's two things you can do you could if you have do you know what a judo point is i do yeah like yeah so if you bring a few arrows with you the judos warm up with those just to try and get your bearings straight um or you can stop shooting instinctively (laughs) And and use a pan on and um yeah, gap shoot or something like that. Yeah, you explained that earlier, and I wasn't sure what that meant. Yeah, so basically what you would do is on a traditional bow at a certain point, if you put um, the point of your arrow on the target, it's going to hit the middle. So if you're shooting three fingers underneath the arrow, it helps. And then basically for all, all the distances from there in, you would aim below the target, whatever so how you figure that out is, let's say you're at 20 yards, you put your point um, right in the middle of the target, you shoot, and it's going to hit high. And then you just measure how high that arrow just went, and that's how far you aim below. Wow. And you just practice that. I'm going to have to definitely, I'm going to have to message you when I start doing that, because <laughs> right now I shoot one finger over two, two below. Yeah, and that's what that, I well, but it feels like I get hung up on re- release a little more when I do that. So I might switch to three below and and start shooting that way, and I will definitely get in touch with you. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of good videos out there, too, on YouTube for anyone listening that wants to learn about gap shooting, string walking, all that kind of stuff. It just adds a little bit more consistency. Because uh, what I found was, like, last year I hunted with a longbow, and even though I killed stuff – it was kind of like I was shooting and kind of like hoping I hit the target. It what didn't feel great. Like I didn't have that confidence I do when I just put my pin on the vitals and squeeze the trigger. Um, so that's why this year I kind of decided to do more aiming with my traditional bows than I have in the past. Well, that's a great tip, and hopefully people out there listening will be able to take that too because I'm sure I'm not alone with, with those struggles. So. Yeah. How do you um... – how do you kind of surpe- or get over target panic? Because I've had that before. It's not every time, but it happens. So, yeah, that's my constant demon is target panic. Um, it's 
for whatever reason, I don't have the compound Olympic recurve, but with bare bone traditional archery, it's bad for me. Like um, there's times where I can't physically, like I'm trying to pull, but for whatever reason, I can't get to my anchor point. Um, And so basically what target panic is, it's your body. um, When you shoot a bow, it's kind of like an explosion and your body doesn't like that happening near, near your face, near your, in anywhere near you. Right. Same thing with a gun, same reason why people flinch. Um, and so your body's kind of bracing for that. And that's where target panic comes from. Your body just wants to get this over with as quickly and easy as possible. It doesn't care about your process or anything like that. So basically what you need to do is uh, this can be a whole podcast, but, um, (laughs) if you're looking for the long version, look up Joel Turner, our shot IQ is his coaching brand. Um, and there's going to be a ton of podcasts out there with him. Basically you need to come up with a process and make the decision as you're drawing the bow back and tell yourself, I'm going to shoot this, this arrow perfectly, or I'm not going to shoot it at all. And so for a while, what I did was I would draw back anchor aim hold, 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 and then and let down. I wouldn't shoot. And that kind of kind of reprogrammed my brain so that just because the sight is on the target and just because I'm at full draw doesn't mean the explosion is going to happen. And then, and then the second part of that is that surprise release we're talking about. Because if you have a surprise release, it doesn't give your body time to do that brace, that flinch um, before you shoot. So hopefully that made sense. It's yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I, I know that I struggled that with that when I was younger and I first started shooting. Um, when I had my 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 first compound bow was a bear compound bow and it had a seventy pound draw. So at fourteen years old, um, it took me a little bit to be able to pull that back. That's not the best way to start out a kid uh, on archery, but that's what I had. So my mom got me a bow that she bought from one from Ali's dad's friend. So, um, so I blame her dad. No, but but I I remember having that trigger panic for a while. Um, you know, after I I cranked down the bow so I could actually pull it back, and I remember having that where I had never even had that with a gun before. So it's not necessarily that it's scary or you think it's scary. It's just something natural that your body does that's not that it doesn't like. Do you think fatigue has anything to do with it? Like, I feel like maybe personally when I've been shooting for a while or maybe I didn't eat enough food, I have low, low blood sugar sometimes, that that happens to me at that point? Sure. So any type of stress on your body, whether it be, you know, your adrenaline is going from a big buck in front of you, you're on the line at a major tournament, or you haven't eaten properly, or you're just tired that that's when this kind of tends to creep in even more. I, I have a friend that um, in high school shot a 300 to qualify for the state shoot. And uh, he stepped up on the line at state, pulled back and shot a zero, his first arrow. And he, he said it was a hundred percent. He panicked. He said first arrow. And basically he, he was done <laughs> at that point. Is there anything else that you think um, would be helpful for kind of getting people involved in archery i guess all i would say is archery is a sport that you can do from the time you're five years old 
until you're 100 years old. Um, you can, anyone of any ability can do it. You know, we have Matt Stutzman, who was born without any arms, and he's a national champion against, you know, overall, against everyone. He's a national champion in the compound archery division. So wow. it's, it's like this sport without limits, and there's just so many different avenues within archery that you can enjoy. Uh, you can you can shoot in your backyard just for fun. You can do local tournaments and get to know you know other archers in your area. You can go all out and try and make an Olympic team. Uh, you can be a bow hunter. It is just there's so much within archery to enjoy that I think it's something that everyone should try at least once in their life. Yeah, and you know I know you had mentioned again in your in your live video today getting started in archery if you don't have you know, if you don't know if you're going to like it, renting a bow or going, you know, to the range to just shoot to make sure that you actually like archery. Um, yeah. How, what has your experience been with archery leagues and, and, or not just leagues, but archery shops and actually meeting other bow hunters or just archers in general? Have you, has that been something that has helped or, you know, build your network? Yeah. So if you're, Say you're a new archer, you just bought your, your bow, and you join the local archery club, you want to get into the league, you're going to find a group of people that are excited that, to have you as part of the sport and want to help you. Um, I think most people are going to be able to identify right away who the good shooters are, and then you can kind of mooch tips off of them and get some kind of free pointers, especially at league nights and things like that. Yeah, I've I've actually had a few people reach out to me through social media or, or whatnot and asking me like, where should I go to get started? And I've always just pointed them in the, the direction of an archery shop or range, um, but because there's not a lot I can do besides you know something like this where I'm trying to provide information for them, um, because I think everywhere is a little different and everyone's backgrounds are a little different. But I think that's definitely a good thing to try for a new person. So, yeah, I mean, just, you can just take a 30 minute le introductory lesson. Uh, most shops will have rental equipment. It's going to be like a Genesis bow or recurve bow, something really basic, but you'll be able to get the feel of archery and kind of get, get to see what it's like. And then from there you can uh, take more lessons or buy your own equipment. Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share a little knowledge of your archery background and and what you do. Um, I am also going to be posting a little blog post about this as well so people can find this on there. So, yeah, thank you so much. Sure thing. And, yeah, people can um, message me on any of the my work uh, accounts or on my personal account. I'm always happy to help out. Thanks for listening to Empower Outdoors podcast. That was episode 12 with Scott Einsman of the Archery Trade Association. If you're interested in contacting Empower Outdoors, go to our website at alleyupnorth.com slash empoweroutdoors. Wow,